Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. TalkZone.com. Beautiful Tuesday here in the fine city of Chicago. Two guys in a mic show. Auntie right up until 11 o'clock. The big dog and the coach. Hopefully we're going to get the big dog on today. We finally found him, if that's what you want to say. About 40 minutes into the show yesterday. We got him for 20 minutes, but uh, plenty to discuss with the big dog. Sports and more. Conversation El Personato. Here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show, we'll play a little bit of music courtesy of producer extraordinaire Mr. David Olson, and then uh, get this particular show off and running. of a weird and somewhat strange cornucopia of topics today, uh, Mr. David Olson, that we will bring it at you, of course, in addition to the meat and potatoes of this show, talking uh, sports, and in particular our Chicago sports, the Cubs, I uh, won't talk too much uh, there as they lose again 9-5, to five. the White Sox, that's certainly worthy of discussion, they bounce back from a three-game losing streak with what I will argue is a significant victory, actually. One of the more significant wins of the year. It's kind of lost in the shuffle, but I think the victory over the Yankees, we'll talk about it during the course of the show yesterday. Big win for the White Sox, but we've got everything from the congressman or the you know, uh, guy running for Senate who was being vilified for his comment about you know legitimate rape. And, I, and I'm actually going to defend politicians, which is rare, and defend the guy a little bit here because I think he's being... Uh, way too harshly vilified. But we got that. Is it Senator or Congress? He's a congressman and he's running for Senate. For Senate against Claire McCaskill. Yes. Yeah, one of the disturbing things I have read of late, and we talk about the super PACs, David Olson, as we get off into a little sports guys talk politics here. By the way, at any point, you want to join us in our cornucopia of topics. We've got Chris Zorich, ex-Chicago Bear, great fan favorite and a charity gone bad, and maybe at least a few years of a very good person. And his character gone bad. We'll talk about that a little bit. Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens making a return to Major League Baseball. We'll talk about that. One of my favorite female comedians, who i got to be honest with you, Dave, I thought passed away like 15, 20 years ago, but she didn't. She passed away yesterday. We'll uh, talk a little bit about Phyllis Diller. And on the female side, we got a couple of women who are the first ever. To don the honorary green jacket. No, they didn't win the Masters, but they've been admitted to Augusta National. We got that Little League World Series. So kind of a weird group of topics. But the point I was going to make real quick, Dave, before we bring in the big dog is with these super PACs and the unbelievable amount of money that's being put in by outside organizations to the presidential race. What's disturbing me now is I'm reading more and more that it's not just the presidential race. They're, they're putting a ton of money into targeted senatorial races to overturn. And they think, you know, at the presidential level, they can make a little bit of an effect. But at the local level, it could be a huge effect. Disturbing. Now, that's a part of the Supreme Court ruling, which I hated to begin with. 
thinking of how it's going to affect the presidential race. And now when it goes to the local level and seeing the money come in, I hate it even more. We'll see. And the thing is, with that second ruling uh, over uh, over the summer uh, with the Wyoming thing, he can go even smaller. Like they can they can even get like local like local mayoral elections, mm-hmm. local city council, school boards, uh, school, board school boards. Yeah. Oh, that it, now it, that it, might I be mean, kind of fun. I'm going to bring in the big dog with that one because that brings up all kind. Can you imagine putting money in and able to like trash talk your neighbor and dig up some dirt, getting dirty and nasty on a school board or park board election? That actually might be fun. How are you, big dog? I'm, I'm doing all right. But I'm just I'm just surprised that you're going to actually have me talk politics. Well, no, but, now I'm kind of off. And, want to get you fired up now, so I'm I'm kind of off into the politics. Well, now I'm into the offshoot as David brings up the fact. I, 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 first of all. Were you aware of what ruling he's talking about, Big Dog, in Wyoming? I, I, I have to. Uh, I, I am not. I am not aware. I was not either. What, David? What ruling was there in Wyoming? Not many significant things happen in Wyoming. Well, no, it was. It was a. It was a follow through after the uh, Citizens United uh, decision of last year. Um, I could look up the individual case, but it basically uh, extended the ruling of Citizens United from the national level down to the local okay. level. All right. Interesting. All right, we'll get off it. We'll get off it. But uh, you just just to bring that up, that additional level of disgust in the amount of money being brought in. But let's uh, change topics real quick, and let's bring in the main topic here. We talked about it yesterday or talked about it at the beginning of the show. We only had about 20 minutes to catch up with them after a couple of weeks off the air. Let's reintroduce ourselves with the star of the show, ladies and gentlemen, our Co-host, checking in via telecommunicative phone lines today. It is the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Big dog, how you been, my friend? Uh, extremely busy. This is the only day that I'm not working for, like, the month of August. And uh, and check this out, Coach. This, this is about as good as it gets. It's a Tuesday night tonight, right? Yep. And I'm going to a wedding of a Korean girl. And a Maybe to listen more, I just wanted to talk next. She would actually hear what I just said to you. A Korean girl, girl off the boat from Korea. I'm not talking about like she's like it's removed. She's Korean and she's marrying a Hasidic Jew. <laughs> it's outstanding. Is anybody converting to the other religion slash? How come every single time I said that, every single time I say that, my Jewish friends always ask me, is, is she converting? Well, I, I was hoping the other way, but you're right. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not kidding you. Every single time I said that, when someone asks if there's a conversion, it's been a Jewish person. So yeah. Half the people I hang out with uh, are of your ilk. And, and you know that's on my coach's hit list. As a member, uh, really, not even, an, I was going to say an honorary member, I'm not even honorary, is a dishonorary member. Of the tribe, that's one of the things on my coach's hit list. I absolutely can't stand it. When mm-hmm. one spouse says, you know, I'm willing to get married, but demands, it's pretty much the correct word, demands that before marriage, the other spouse converts to her religion or his religion. Now, it wasn't a demand on your part. You just said, hey, I don't care. I'll go, right? That's how it happens. Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. But, I, I, you know, I don't, you know, no, if you, if you want to, but not... As many people do, and as you mentioned, many uh, of the members of the tribe might might do that. You know, the only way we can get married is if you convert, you know, to the Jewish religion. I can't condone that particular behavior, but uh, in your particular case, the wedding you're going to, is that the case? 
I have no idea. I'm going to find out and give you a total description tomorrow morning. I'm really excited to see this stuff. Wow. But I just want to let you know, Coach, uh, because, you know, as much as I love Buddha, Jesus died for your sins. It's true. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mm -hmm. Please, please. Don't even get me started on that. Please. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That's what, that's what, like, family members will say to me when Mm -hmm. I start getting into the argument over what religion is good or not. Some will just, Jesus died for your sins. And they'll say it so emphatically, like, really, you're going to go to hell because of that stuff. I oh, my goodness. <laughs> really? He died for my sins of smoking way too much or burning way too much rope in college. So. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'd like to be around the Radwanski dinner table for that particular conversation. Oh, it's the Miller table. <laughs> that's, the, and that's on my mom's side. And, oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. On, on my dad's side, they're anywhere. everybody's afraid to talk anything that has any relevance, that has, doesn't have anything to do with on my dad's side, it's about making money, and it's about, let me see, it's about making money. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then on my mom's side, it's like, uh, all right, so, like, does anybody have any relevant thoughts about the world? You know, so yeah. that happens, and not on my dad's side, so right. on the Miller side, it's see, like. There you go. See, I, you know, I, I, that's another, stuff. my pet peeves, quite frankly, that's another thing on the coach's hit list. People that are, and most people are, most people would uh, prefer to join the Millers. Your dad's side at the table, I I would gladly take a high chair and sit up and uh, suck my thumb at your mom's uh, family's table because people are, it's amazing. People are afraid to get into political discussion or a philosophical discussion. I don't, I don't want to go there. You know, it's mm-hmm. like they're walking on, well, why not? Why not? Or talk about religion. You know, mm-hmm. throw it out there. Let's have a little discussion. No hurt feelings. It sounds I like you, so. you are of the, the same, uh, similar event. Yeah, and it's like when I'm with, um, when I'm with, I'm like my mom's side. My mom doesn't bring it up, trust me. My mom because the last thing she wants to do is because she knows I have a good argument. Uh-huh. <laughs> she doesn't want to hear it. She does not want to hear it. Yeah. She's just like, right when I'll talk, she's like, well, i got to go to the washroom. She'll come back a half hour later. Are you guys talking about boxing or football yet? Yeah. No? Okay. You know, <laughs> you can leave the room again. Yeah. You're, you're, you're hitting on all my nerve buttons because there's there's another coaches at least These people that are, you know, all firing strong on their arguments, but then they come across someone that can educationally defend it. And all of a sudden, they, they kind of back down and change the topic. But, boy, if there's not someone around who can debate at the level they can, oh, they're, they're all, you know, fire-eyes, ready to, ready to you know, send well, out all the smoke. My mom here and say this. My mom doesn't try to change anybody's opinion about God or anything besides me. How about that? Mm-hmm. And when mom and I are talking alone, she has no problem with the when it's a group of people. She's just like, oh, no, here we go. So, mm-hmm. I understand where you're coming from, too, and I agree, yeah. Coach. I agree with that. Yeah. If you yeah. believe in something, you should believe in it, whether you're talking to a moron or uh, a man of that is very, or a woman that is very well-spoken. Mm-hmm. All right. That was not exactly one of the uh, topics for discussion on today's agenda, but uh, it's part of the beauty and or the sadness, depending on your point of view, of the two guys in a mic show. You never know which road we're going to head down, Big Dog, and usually there's too many options for us, but... Uh, you know, most of all, again, we've been off for a couple of weeks. We had about 20 minutes to catch up yesterday. Great to be back. Big Dog and the coach reunited once again on our Facebook page, by the way. Uh, whoever our Facebook person has rudely put in, reunited again, and it feels so good. And they put a couple question marks after it feels so good. But Big Dog, I missed you. I don't know if it goes both ways. No, 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 I missed you too, Coach. I, I have to admit, I, I, I got to admit something. It's all good. I, I honestly need, like, a break from the show. I can't even explain the amount of hours that I'm working and what I'm doing. And, yes. like, legitimately, I have, when people are like, oh, I get them from work, I'm exhausted. I appreciate everyone who can say that. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say I work harder than anybody, but 
the the level of intensity that I have to put in during my job. Mm-hmm. If I have to do more than one tour in a day, I don't know. I come home, I still can't even sleep. I'll sit and I stare at the ceiling until like seven o'clock in the morning, and then is I'll, I'll got to go do this all over again. Is it I, mental I mental well, tiredness or physical tiredness? It's uh, it's a little bit of both. Okay. Uh, I have to I have to put out. I have to perform twice a day for two hours at a time. Not so, easy. So, I'm not complaining because yeah. in November I'm not going to be doing crap. Right. And then in December I'm taking a vacation of run the whole entire UK and potential peninsula. Go, mm-hmm. you coming with me? Wait, what month are you going? In the month of December when the world's supposedly ending. Oh yes, I'm going to. I'm going. To, I got to figure out a way to get to Chichen Itza. I'm just going to take a Cancun vacation. Okay. And then just and then just pay some Mexican that looks like he can be trusted. Hopefully my buddy George will hook me up with some. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to Chichen Itza for Kukulkan to come back on December yeah. 21st. So I don't know I'm if I'm going to all my energy for this, Coach. I don't know if I'm going to join you on that one, but I will join you in our uh, maybe like mid-October to mid-November one-month tour of American colleges, where the big dog and the coach, unannounced, unannounced, will show up at various colleges at their what do you call that area? The Student Service Center, they're, they're at the Commons. There's some area outside. At most colleges where people can get up and basically do anything and say anything. Okay, I'll do that to you in, uh, I'll do that in, uh, as after October 31st. Okay. okay. In November, I'll do it with All you. All right, sounds good. Sounds good. I'm already planning the, uh, you know, the trip. I haven't figured out what college we're hitting first, but there is a chance, a chance our first stop could be in Newcastle, Indiana. Just throwing that what out as a hint. We might be heading east. And then south, and then back up to the Midwest. I don't think we're going to make the West on this particular tour. Sorry. If we're not going to UCLA, I'm not going. I want to go to I want to go yeah. UCLA, Pepperdine, and blah. I want to go where the dirt bags with baseball, Long Beach State. <laughs> but that's you know, boy, waxing poetic at the student commons and places like that. Don't you think we need like a year of practice first? Mm-mm. No. Right off the bat, we're going to go to the California schools. We're going to go out west. We're going to go to Cal Berkeley and everything you say. All those shows will be like, yeah, he's right. Then I'll get up there and look boomy. But don't worry, I can handle it. friend of mine did a political diatribe at the Student Commons at Occidental College, somewhat off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard from him for 12 years. So be careful. I can appreciate that, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> 888-463-6748. Our phone number, Big Dog and a Coach, 888 888- Four six three sixty seven forty eight, and the physical labor you're talking about. I'm assuming with the uh, kayak tours that you give, that well, do you assign the job now to the interns, or do you actually have to put the kayaks in and out, lift them off the rack, etc.? Well, considering that I pay those interns twenty five dollars an hour, uh, they lift the kayaks back and forth. But trust me, I do a lot of it too. I'm not like the guy, the leader who just sits there and watches everybody do something. Mm-hmm. I do it and be like, this is how fast and how swiftly and how safely you should do it. So, yeah, yeah I don't want to like, talk smack. But, no, yeah, I have okay. a little both, Coach. you, you right. got to lead by example. But they, they get those, a $25 an hour summer job. Yeah, I've offered this job to, like, a couple of people, like my, my brother's girlfriend's son. And they both, no, he doesn't want to do that. And, and he still doesn't have any work. I'm like, yeah, he would have made $15,000 a summer. And wow. And he didn't need it. Wow. What, what, what do they do? Besides lifting the kayaks in and out of the water, are they actually tour leaders? Oh, Coach, I'm, okay, going to be nice if you actually came out and actually saw one of my tours. Well, I'm certainly. I, I do. I, I'm, I'm the leader of the tour, and if anybody goes in, I get them out. They basically just make sure that 
if anything happens, they can take care of it for me. These guys get to go out and paddle for two hours and basically listen to me tell a story every single night. Wow. They don't have to do anything. Ah, well, uh, without saying names, if you need any uh, employees for next year, I might have some people for you if you're paying 25 bucks an hour. Well, that, that's uh, i, I got to be honest with you, Coach. I, I have fired more than half of our employees this year. So if you bring me, some, bring me somebody, you mm-hmm. have to tell them beforehand that if you don't work your ass off, Redwanski will fire you. And I have... I, okay. If you if you show up like an hour late for a tour mm-hmm. and you do it twice, I I'm like I don't need you anymore. I need to, I, you know what I mean? It's like never mind. So I mean, I'll accept it. But I, I'm, nice a, I'm hard. I'm extremely. I'm like the worst boss of all time. Well, that's all good. Right. And I w- a couple of thoughts here. I would argue, and David Olson, see if you're with me here. The big dog's been on the other end of it before, as have many people out there. And I always say you never really learn something until you teach it. You know, you can be taught it, but you never really get it. You never really learn it until you've experienced the other side of it when you have to teach it. Well, I think, Big Dog, the experience you're getting now, because you've been the employee, and uh, to be kind, you've been released more than a few times. So now you're experiencing... When, when, when have I been fired? I don't want to get was, into that. I don't know say, but when I was fired, I had the, the time uh, that I was fired, the one time I was fired, I completely and utterly deserved okay. to be fired. I got caught in the, the kids' room with a Romanian girl. <laughs> my right. pants from my ankle. I don't yeah, want... It's not like I was a bad employee. I made a, a bad decision. Yeah. By the way, for anybody new to the show that hasn't been... He wasn't working at a preschool. <laughs> Just to make sure. Pants on the ankle. It, it was the Valley Total Fitness yes, in North thank Shore. You. I just don't want any of our listeners to get the new listeners to get the wrong idea. Okay. But, Big Dog, I was making a bigger point here just in general. In general, when you have the position of responsibility, now you have people working for you, and you can see the frustrations, uh, it makes you yourself a better employee because now you could appreciate what the quote-unquote boss has to go through. No, I absolutely, absolutely do. And, and, and Coach, I'm, I'm, I act like I'm a, a hard guy. I'm hard on everybody real, real early. And by the end of the year, I tell you, my crew loves me. They do whatever I want. So yeah. it's all good. Mm-hmm. By the way, yesterday I had to open up the show, and I think you're with me here. Uh, I threw out a kudos to uh, Kurt Lewandowski. Now, Kurt Lewandowski, I have no idea who he is, but as I was entering the grocery store before yesterday's show, Big Dumb, to drop off a prescription, a big sign on the dominance. You've probably seen him before. You know, congratulations, Kurt Lewandowski, 40 years of service. And I was like, wow. man, yeah. 40 years. So I was kind of, you know, going along with what you just said about people working hard and doing a good job. I was throwing kudos out to all the Kurt Lewandowski's out there who, you know, might be the assistant manager, might be a bagger, grocer, cashier, stock person, whatever they're doing. You put in a good day's work and you're responsible and you stick with a place for 15, 20, 25 or 40 years. You know, that deserves a lot of kudos and you're not going to get your name in the paper. You're not going to be famous. But to all the Kurt Lewandowski's out there, our show is about you. Yeah, absolutely. Heck, yeah, that's getting it done. 40 years. Uh, uh, trust me, Coach, if there's one thing that I want to be a defender of and a person who lauds somebody, it's of the working people of America and yep. definitely the middle class. Yep. So, uh, yep. Yeah, without a doubt. It wasn't that, uh, you know, me and David also were talking about that, I think, off-air yesterday. Uh, and I'm going to defend a lot of politicians because so many comments are being taken out of text. But the one speech that Obama's getting so vilified for, you know, well, you didn't build your business. 
Don't even start with me in here. Just defend well, it. Defend it. That was one of the most asinine things the president well, ever said. Right. We're and not going to get started. Our socialist would say. We're okay? not going to get started on I, that. You want, don't say he didn't take it out of context, because if you read the, the whole thing, it makes it even worse. Okay. Right. How does it make it even worse? If you read it, it all, does, in it does. I am sick and tired of everybody, the people who create businesses getting bashed constantly. And yes, they could have done stuff without the help of the U.S. government. Yes, believe it or not, there are actually people out there that can work and do things without help of this this that's... golden parachute that seems that everybody else needs to seem to be bailed out by. It's not what his point I, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of people that actually create business and create wealth getting bashed on, and that's what everybody is like. Yeah, it seems like that's... everyone's hate is going towards you. These you people. missed, you missed the point of the speech, Big Dog, and the point of his speech really backed up what you just said about all the Kurt Lewandowski's out there. Barack Obama was trying to, to uh, praise. No, he was. He was just trying. He was just trying. To add another thing, like you need government. Everybody yeah. needs government. No, That's no, he wasn't. He was saying that. success does not exist in a vacuum. Somewhere along the line, somebody gave you a hand. Yep. Yeah, Whether, maybe, what, so, would, Dave, maybe so, like Coach has given me a hand, okay? But the, he was trying to say it's the government. That's what no, he was No, 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 no. He, he cited the government. He cited, he cited, yeah, I did. And I've read the whole thing. And he cited the government as an example. He didn't say it was the only it was the only thing that could give you a hand. Reason, it was his reasoning. He was using these comments to end up saying like, "This is why we. This is why it's okay for us to do these things. For us to come into your lives and decide what to do. That's 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 the point of what I'm trying to say here. That's he was justifying gigantic government." Because somebody might have needed a hand before in the that's, in the history of the United States. That's, that's your take on it. Uh, we had a different take, and that's that's part of the reason for the I'm, controversy. I'm just so sick of every, everybody trying to make our government bigger, and it, well, I'm, just, I'm I'm done with it. It's you know the whole too big to fail thing. Well, mm -hmm. we're going to find out, all right? Because we have less and less people paying taxes into it, mm -hmm. and more and more and more and more programs and bailouts. And everything else going on. So right. I bring it up it. that particular speech, David Olson. I think that was the very essence of opening up a can of worms. <laughs> I really didn't want to get into the controversy with that, but uh, I was trying to kind of follow up on your your conversation about how we're all working together. And I heard one commentator yesterday as I was switching back and forth from MSNBC to Fox, which is really it. I highly recommend that to everybody at ten o'clock at night. From O'Reilly over to Eddie Schultz, or um, who's the female? Rachel Meadow. And it's, it's literally two different worlds. Two different – they're talking about the same thing, talking about United States politics, absolutely two completely different worlds. But one of the commentators, Big Dog, of the liberal events said, when did it become so bad to have a sense of community? Uh, there's nothing wrong with a sense of community, Coach. There's, there's Sometimes it seems like – when when government tells you everything that you need to do, and every time we need, why can't there be more community in a sense of we go and help our neighbors instead of going going to the government and say let's just let's, we need a bailout? I think there should be more of a sense of community. There needs to be more community in America and a lot less government. Uh, everybody else points to the government; they need to do it for us. Well, why those people that are pointing? Why don't they go do it? Why don't they go help? Why don't they go spend their time mm -hmm. and do it? I think if you ask most liberals, they would agree with that particular statement for the most part. Nobody's asking for everything to be 
farmed out to the government, all of our problems solved by the government. So I think you're going to the extreme there. So I think most liberals would agree with that statement. It's it's to the degree. And then we get into the huge, vast gray area where maybe some more legitimate conversation could take place. But most liberals would not disagree with what you just said, Big Dog, for the most part. Okay. At any rate. At any rate. And now the now see now this guy's an ultra conservative, the one who made the blunder, you know, mistake when they're making speeches, you're gonna make mistakes. And he's you know, legitimate rape was the word he used. And now he's getting vilified for that. Well, I don't like the guy's record. I don't particularly like his position, but he didn't mean what, what the liberals are nailing hold him for. Hold on, hold on. I, I, I did not. Is that the guy who said that women in legitimate rights can actually stop themselves from yes. being impregnated? Yes. That's not a mistake. That's that's less moronic thought, okay? Well, which which part yeah, of I under, it? I understand you make some mistakes. You say something you really yeah. don't mean that's a thought-out comment of, I mean, does, does that guy, has he ever read a science book? Well, okay, I mean, two different things. Do I, hold on, Big Dad. Two different things. You're right. Now, we can get to the part which very few people are talking about, the science part of it, which I want to ask you because you're an expert to some degree. But the, the part he's being vilified for is the term legitimate rape, meaning, you know, some rapes are okay and some are That's not what he meant. So oh, I, yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah that, I let him off yeah, the hook yeah, for that. That's what he's being built. Yeah, but very few people. Is there any truth scientifically from a man of some expertise, Dr. Joel Radwinski, that uh, mentally or through the hormones or whatever, that the woman has a less chance of being impregnated? Uh, Coach, I really do believe that the sale of birth control would really have gone down if somebody could have figured that one out by now. I, I don't think Kegel exercises are going to, Move the stuff okay. that got in there, if you know what I'm talking so, about. So that he could be. <laughs> no, no pictures uh, along with that thought, please. Uh, I, I, it depends on who I'm picturing. But uh, I agree with you. His where he came up with that scientific uh, inexpertise, that he could be rightfully vilified for. Yeah, I, I, like I just don't know. Why would you say so? You're, you know, you, you're a leader of your state. You, you got to realize that when you're talking about situations like that. You got to be right, okay? You really have to be right when you're talking about uh, when you're talking about uh, sexual abuse or rape, anything like that. Don't talk half-assed, okay? You really have to be like this is mm-hmm. scientifically blah blah blah. This we we know this happens, and you can have controversial stuff. I'm not saying you can't say controversial stuff, but if you're going to say something extremely controversial, don't get it totally scientifically off base. Okay, not when you're the leader of the state. Who's the guy from New Hampshire, or is he from the Southwest? I forget where he's from. No, he's from. He's a congressman in Missouri. He's trying to become okay. to become the leader of the state. But uh, well, I, I just think if, power... you're a con- if you're a senator, you're one of the leaders of the state. Yep. You have ridiculous powers as a senator in the United States. Yep. And if you don't believe me, what, didn't you just start out by talking about how on the local levels and all this other stuff? Mm-hmm. Much, you know what I mean? So, yep. Uh, I, I just you, you got to be smarter than that. Just to, to say something that last night. I don't defend politicians uh, very often, very seldom, in fact. But in the case of legitimate human error over the course of the many, many speeches that they make, it may be an error. But in today's media, tweet, Facebook, social world, social media world, they can be blown up just way, way out of proportion. The Joe Biden comment was not a good comment either. But, you know, it was a mistake. You even look at his record. He obviously doesn't believe that. The guy's not racist, so, you know, 
give these guys a little bit more leeway. And and, and uh, quite honestly, yeah, I, I, there's a big difference between saying putting shackles on somebody than putting out a statement about whether I mean there, one was like a cliche talk, yep. like hey, I'm going to give like basically you know say something to give somebody some image, and saying. The, uh, a fact that women can prevent themselves from being uh, impregnated during rape. Yep. And, and basically what they're saying is, is if, if they are impregnated, it's God's will and that baby was supposed to be conceived. It's mm-hmm. basically what he was saying. There's, I can't defend that, Coach. I, I no, cannot I defend you. that. And I don't like Joe Biden. I don't like his politics either. But I understand that he was just yep. trying to say something. And, and when you say something that involves slavery and all that, it does mm-hmm. get people riled up. Yep. Okay. And right after he said it, he can be like, ah, I could have better use a choice of words. You can't use a better choice of words when you're saying you can stop yourself from conception. Okay, that's not like a poor choice of words. That was a bad decision yep. to bring that up. Totally. Okay, that was that time. Right. We got the big dog back in action with the coach here, the two guys at a mic show. Phone lines are open. Politics, sports, whatever items we are discussing or you'd like to discuss, feel free to join us in said conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Triple eight. 463-6748, the phone number. You can always email us at Mike2Guys. That's M-I-C, short for microphone, and the number 2, Mike2GuysAOL.com. Again, the phone number, 888 And uh, we got a couple of couple of emailers, including, what was Debbie's, was it, uh, I forgot our famous emailer, Debbie. We haven't heard from her for a while. But we got a couple of emailers that, let's just say, Big Dog, without me getting into the graphics of their particular terminology, they're glad that you're back on the air. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then one guy Great from job. one guy Earl from Bolingbrook, who uh, wished your vacation or wished your um, time off would have extended, I think he says, like, oh, another three or four years. Well, uh, you think about <laughs> they got enough going on in Bolingbrook right now with the two the, the two of the biggest murder trials in the history of Illinois, are going on at the same time in courtrooms next to each other. Christopher Vaughn and Drew Peterson? Yeah, isn't that crazy, Coach? If you get one of those uh, stories, you know, everybody in, in Chicago is, uh, you know, watching what happens. Everybody in America, you know, so a lot of people have an eye on it. And both of those trials are next to each other? Mm-hmm. Man, could you imagine running that courthouse security right now? That's, 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 that's big time. Drew, the Drew Peterson trial, another another of my coaches' hit list thing here. You're hitting on a lot of my pet peeves today. I think our court system has gotten way too sensitive in technicalities in defending the defendant. And oh, I'm, I'm oh, it's way too liberal. Well, uh, no, I, I don't. I don't know if you can put liberal or conservative. My point oh. is, if I'm a member of the jury, I need info. I need information, especially in a case where there's no hard evidence. So we're going to, and this is the Drew Peterson case, because even both parties, prosecutors and defenders, they agree. There is no physical hard evidence. So it's got to be, what do they call it? Substantial. Uh, uh, yeah. And, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt. So it's got to be pretty strong. But, you know, they're not allowing this, and they're not allowing that conversation with that person. They're not even allowing the jury, theoretically, to even have the knowledge that wife number four disappeared. Well, to me, uh, you know, I, again, I don't know the technical reasons why it's not being allowed, but if I'm a juror and I'm trying to judge 
This girl is slipping in the bathtub after, you know, being threatened by the husband. There's no hard evidence. It could have, she could have slipped and fell. You hate to commit a guy who's innocent. You're right to me. You're right close to that beyond the reasonable doubt. Maybe you're, you're inside the line. But all of a sudden you bring in the fact that wife number four, it disappeared. Now, he hasn't been found guilty, no hard evidence, but that's another piece of info, and that piece of info might be enough to send me on the other side of the line of beyond a reasonable doubt. Why is the jury not able, why is the judge knocking out so many of these technicalities that to me as, a, as an everyday jurist helps me decide on the case? Uh, well, that is, if it has nothing to do with the trial, you can't bring it up, Coach. Yeah, but... I would say this. Honestly, I've been trying my best to avoid being around any lawyers whatsoever. I've done a real good job of that to getting them out of my life. (laughs) One of them them took our tour the other day, and somehow the Drew Peterson thing was brought up afterwards when I was hanging out with this person. And uh, they basically, it was a bunch of lawyers. And they all all agreed that there's no way that there's going to be a conviction in this trial Mm -hmm. because... There's technically no hard evidence, and the only way that they could convince the jury that he possibly did it is by doing things that'll get the case thrown out in in Drew Peterson's favor. That's there's no way he's going to be. There's no way he can be convicted. Almost. That's why it's like I'm waiting just to see what what the outcome is. He's not going to be in jail anyway. Don't don't expect it. Yeah. Basically, all they're doing right now is just cost him a couple million dollars in lawyer fees. Is all but they're the, doing. But the second item and some jail time. It's nice to know that even if he gets out, he was in jail for close to a year. But the second item you brought up is the very gist of my coach's hit list pet peeve. All these things that can't be brought up. Well, maybe a few of them shouldn't, but most of them, in my opinion, again, I'm, I'm going. I'm speaking on behalf of the jurist. I'm putting myself in the position. I've got to make the tough call. I need this information, and they're not being allowed to hear some key information. How many of these? How many of these jurists do you think have already heard this information already That's before true. the trial even started? That's true. I mean, I, there's no way I could be a jurist on this. I'm like, dude, guilty. I was like, I don't care what these slimeball lawyers do with technicalities. <laughs> the guy has killed a couple of his wives. You can just tell. Look in that guy's eyes, and he just looks like the the scumbags that became police officers just so they can have power over people. Mm-hmm. And I really feel bad for all the good cops out there, the vast majority of good policemen out there that have to deal with, like, the Drew Petersons and other guys like that that have taken advantage of uh, of what their position is in the community yeah. by coming, becoming police officers. And Drew yeah. Peterson's that guy. Drew Peters, you can just look at him and you can, that guy's swarming. Yep. You can't trust him. Yep. No question about it. I agree with you 100%, dog. And the coach with you and the two guys at a mic show. Uh, got some titillating tidbits, news and notes, little items to bring up with you, big dog. First of all, Augusta National, uh, breaking a fairly large barrier. We're not talking the Great Wall of China here, but the first two women ever to be allowed into Augusta, getting the honorary green jacket, Condoleezza Rice. And Darla Moore, a South Carolina financier. I love when they talk about somebody's a financier. But a couple of women brought into Augusta National. Your quick thought. You know what? It's cool. It's about time, all that other stuff. But then again, I really hope it wasn't because they they bowed to pressure from Martha Burke and all that. I, I, I got to be honest with you, because I have no problem with an all-woman club. I have no problem with an all-African-American club. Whatever you want to do, why can't men have a club by themselves? Mm-hmm. So 
if it was because, hey, you know what, it's time for us to get people uh, uh, like uh, uh, Condoleezza Rice. Who's the girl from, the woman from South Carolina? Who's the South Carolina financier? Darla Moore. Darla Moore. If it's because they really wanted to add these ladies to their club, I think it's a great idea. If it's because they bowed to pressure because Martha Burke didn't like how uh, Augusta National was doing their business, then I, I would be really very disappointed. Mm-hmm. And I just want to let golf can't continue unless they bring women into it. So oh, yeah. uh, if it's, if they were thinking that way, I would be, yes, that's a great idea. I hope it's, I hate when people just give in the pressure to mm-hmm. come to stuff. Yeah, I'm with it's you on that. Every once in a while. So. I'm with you on that. I got a slightly different take to it. My comment would be, uh, you know, I'd be a lot more excited if Augusta National, uh, you know, allowed in Martha Jones, housewife, part-time worker, and a lover of golf, and they and they, and they allow her in, and then you know Denise Simmons, who uh, you know maybe so, she's so a. It is a business. It is a business. I don't and care, it, but. Bring in, bring in. I, I think pay, they, I think they should have started with the, the LPGA Hall of Famers. Wait, wait, wait. Say that. Hold on, Big Dog first. Say it again, Big Dog. Coach, it's still an exclusive club, and I, I, I appreciate what you're saying, but come on, these people pay like a million dollars entrance fee yeah. and like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. I, I, I hate to tell you, but. As much as a guy like you and I are never going to be able to be a member of Augusta National, I wouldn't want to be. You, it's not that big. So it's their club. It costs millions of dollars to join. Yeah. I, I hate to tell you that. That's it. you right. brought it up. Okay, I, I, and it's I, such I, a big any, deal. There's a reason why it's a big deal. These okay. are like the richest, most powerful people in America. Well, that's you know okay. some people like that. Any exclusive club, I wouldn't want to be part of. David, no, I would draw my comment. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know if you follow this one, Big Dog. It's been out of the news for over a year. Chris Zorich, arguably one of the most popular Chicago Bears ever. He was a good player. He was a great guy. That's Chris Zorich Charitable Foundation. Things went awry a little bit. It's been out of the news for a year and a half, but it came back yesterday. The judge ruled that he must repay $365,000. They didn't get into the details of, you know, the illegalness of what went on, but... Um, you saw the picture of Chris Zorich. He didn't look good. He's unemployed right now. It's kind of sad to see a guy that was on top of the world, popularity and character-wise, who um, had a fairly long slide down the ladder. Yeah, no, was it? Did he embezzle from his own? Is that basically what they're saying, yeah, that he took money out of his own charity? I think they, if you go with the word basically, I think I could answer yes. Yeah, because it's funny how, how things happen because I respect Chris Zorich so much that just like we were talking about with the whole Drew Peterson and, and stuff. When this happened, I was like, no, no, there's got to be just somebody working for him, messed up, and Chris Norris didn't do anything wrong, all because I've seen him personally, firsthand, in person, doing charitable things, doing the right thing, being good to kids. I used to go to uh, uh, up in, I can't, the Splains, uh, Maryville Academy, every yep. single year. He'd be out there, and I heard he was there, like, weekly, helping these kids out. So when I heard, oh, he may have embezzled something. No, he did not, Chris Norwich. But then you and, find out he did. You know what I mean? How the difference is yeah, between like it's, it's almost but. it's Joe Paterno case light, Jerry Sandusky case light. You know all this great work he's done, and and uh, and I don't know that he embezzled, but there is some unspoken for money. He had some you know financial problems. The the record keeping wasn't good, so we don't know. It doesn't sound good, but all the work you're talking about was legit. 
I mean, this guy, to say when he got into some financial trouble and maybe made some bad decisions, again, this is the Penn State case light almost, but uh, it doesn't deny the fact that Chris Zorris did some phenomenal work and his heart and his head were completely into those charitable functions that you were just talking about. Oh, absolutely. He he cared about kids. Yep. I'm sure he still does care about kids. So yep. he's uh, from the south side of the city of Chicago, and I, 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 I don't know, hopefully they're some light will come out of this because mm-hmm. I always did like Chris Norris. I didn't see him on film with a picture in the paper. He didn't look good. Oh, okay. I know is this. He played four years at Notre Dame, never missed a free snap at nose guard. Yep. He was a light, very light Chicago Bear and Redskin, and he led the Bears in tackles in 1994 from the nose guard position. It will never happen again, anyone. Okay? And, uh, who knows how many concussions and stuff he had. He could be a little loopy. And I'm not trying to give an excuse for him, but I'm telling you, that, that guy is a good character guy, and he may have just been stupid from playing too much football. And you never know where the money went, what happened. Someone could have taken advantage of him. And I'm not trying to give the – you know, I'm giving him all these excuses, and I'm you know already convicted of Peterson. But I, you just never know, Coach. I really don't think he, he did it purposely. That's an interesting aspect of it that I didn't even think about. You know, the the, the concussion affecting your decision making aspect. I haven't thought of that one, but and it, it, and I never would have made that excuse before the junior Seau thing, but after Seau and after Dorson and all these other players that like like Mike Webster and all these other people that maybe even did commit suicide, just when you saw how their brain deteriorated after football, you gotta wonder like you know if. If you have a person that has played 10, 15, 20 years of football in their entire life, and especially on Division One and, and NFL level when people are running at 25 miles an hour into each other, okay, and their livelihoods depend on it, if you love that person, you pay real close attention to what's going on in their personal choices. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how, you know, how far do we go in that behavior? I mean, you know, do you bring it down to a Chad Johnson headbutting his wife? Yeah, like like I get like see that I open the own, my own can of worms mm-hmm. because yeah. all of a sudden you're talking about violence against uh, against a woman, but then then again I found out something else. Potty's like you know that woman married Antoine Walker, so maybe she deserved to be headbutted. And she would well, also. I'm joking, joking, everyone. Please, I'm not. Violence against women is despicable. Okay, I'm joking. Oh, it, oh, it is, it is, it is, but. And I'm not condoning what he did and everything like that, but she had, she she got into physical altercations with every single cast member on Basketball Wives, every single one. Okay, yeah, I didn't know she was on Basketball Wives. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. oh yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she was, she was a star effer. Okay, and uh, yeah, people told me like they were like, Joel, the girl's crazy." And then when Claudia told me she was married to Antoine Walker, then I, then it all came back to me because I remember when he was. I remember when he was going like through like a divorce with with her. He came into Nordstrom and spent twenty five grand on shoes. And I, I remember like the guys like somebody brought up his wife to her. Oh, it's just unbelievable. And then it all hit me. I was like, oh, okay. Not no woman deserves to be hit. But if uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't really want to talk about it. But I've had a, an ex that was always beating on me. It was, it, I was afraid to grab her arms because she would go to the police and be like, look, look, he attacked me. You know what I mean? Eventually, I got that girl out of my life. I, I don't. I, Chad Johnson doesn't seem violent to me. He seems just like goofy. I I I I, I don't know. I don't want 
I need more facts on that one. Mm-hmm. Crazy though. I, 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 Chad Johnson just makes bad decisions a lot, Coach. I don't yeah. think it was the concussion in yeah. that situation. He should should have taken the beating. Oh, if you're a gentleman, if you're a man, okay, and your wife, your girlfriend starts beating on you mercilessly, take the punches and walk out of the house and get out in public and let her to continue beat you. Don't touch her. That's what I did. I would do it every time. When my ex-wife would start beating on me, I would walk out of the house, and then there was nothing she could do to me anymore. What you going to do, stand out in the middle of 44th and Wallace and keep on punching me in the head? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? She's I a heard... domestic violence prosecutor. Yep. So, And I've never brought that up on air. I can't believe I just did right now, but it was mm-hmm. disgusting how she used to treat me. Yeah. And yeah it, was, it was particularly so, disheartening when she was hitting you with the one hand and she had the yellow notepad and a pen in the other hand. Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. No yeah. doubt about that. So, <laughs> All right. Moving along, uh, other little tidbit of uh, a note, big dog. And apparently Roger Clemens, I don't know if you saw this or not, Roger Clemens is going to be pitching. Oh, did you say slime ball? <laughs> Roger Clemens is going to be pitching Saturday for the Sugarland Skeeters in the Independent Athletic League. Clemens making a reappearance. One game at a time. Might be just for one game, might be more, but uh, the Sugarland Skeeters. How about that? Is is he doing it just uh, to? Is he is he doing this because he misses baseball and he's doing the Ricky Anderson thing, or is he doing it because he wants to prove to everybody that he wasn't on performance enhancing drugs when he played? Is that like his his ambition? You know, I don't know. I don't. I'm going to guess it's the missing baseball thing. He just wants to get back out there. Maybe, maybe someone. You know, he's got some connection with someone on the Sugarland Skeeters, and I'm sure the place will be filled to watch him pitch. But. Uh, and I don't want to make a big deal of it, but he's right there out for for you, it's Roger Clemens, out of the courtroom, onto the pitcher's mound. Uh, you know, uh, Coach, uh, believe it or not, uh, uh, Sugarland, Texas. Did you realize that there's the most consumption per capita of Splenda than any other city in America? <laughs> uh, the fake sugar. Sorry, but thank you. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. Big Dog, uh, the final little tidbit, our obituary of the day. Probably not of your time. I certainly remember her as one of the top female comedians of my day. I thought, honestly, she had passed away about 15, 20 years ago. But no, she had been with us all this time, just quietly biding her time. Phyllis Diller passes away at the age of 95. Are you familiar with her work? Oh, absolutely. Friends of the Rap Hack and stuff. And Phyllis Diller... Gene Hackman, Phyllis Diller have always been kind of like, I shouldn't say kind of like, they, they have been inspirations to me because I still think I have a chance to, to make it as an, as an actor if I can ever. Yep. Actually, this off-season, when I can actually start putting out for auditions and start going out, we'll see what happens. But Phyllis Diller started in the entertainment industry when she was 40. Gene Hackman was, when he yep. was 37. Phyllis, I, like, uh, Phyllis Diller just always assumed was in show business. She was so natural, so great. I, what an amazing story! This woman was like uh, one of the one of the best ad agency people in America, and someone's like, you know, you're really good at, at you know telling stories and stuff. So she just went to a nightclub and did a stand up comedy mm-hmm. act. Her and husband, was, her husband was the one. Uh, you know, she cracked people up at the family gatherings. It was her husband who she later divorced. That was the one that, from what I read, kind of you know encouraged her to try comedy as a uh, as a career. Well, I didn't know that, and then she ended up divorcing him. I have a yep. So he helps her with the dream, and then she realizes well, the big time, and then she starts sleeping we, with Frank Sinatra. <laughs> we don't know the details of that. I remember okay. her most with Bob Hope, a couple of classic yes. comedies yeah. with Bob. I got some 
Phyllis Doer, one-liners in here. You know, she made made fun of herself and made fun of old age a lot and her looks. Um, my mother-in-law had a pain beneath her right breast. It turned out to be a trick knee. <laughs> 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 if you ever see three New Yorkers get into a cab without an argument, a bank has probably just been robbed. Uh the reason there's no women football leagues is that 11 women would never wear the same outfit in public at the same time. <laughs> Fo- photos of me don't do me justice. They look just like me. <laughs> uh, housework is probably not dangerous to your health, but but why take a chance? But there, there's there's some good ones if you want to look it up. But a very funny lady passing away at the uh, age of 95. And you're right, Big Doug. You read the obit. To many people out there can get a little inspiration because she was, she was just a regular old person who later in life decided to take a chance, take a leap, and uh, made a uh, heck of a career success out of it. Yeah, heck yeah. You got to You got to It's never too late, anybody. Yep. Never too late. Yep. All right, eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Real quick, some actual sports news to talk about here in the two guys at a Mike Sports Show, and that is the Chicago White Sox. Big dog, top of the program. Before you joined us, I argued that quietly, very quietly, yesterday's victory over the New York Yankees was. I'm not, you know, going to make it a watershed moment, but I think it was one of the bigger wins of the White Sox season. They beat the Yankees. They come from behind and beat them nine to six. They had just got swept by Kansas City. There's a lot of fans out there, I hate to say it, I might be one of them, not rooting for this, but potentially expecting the bottom to fall out on the White Sox at any point. A loss to the Yankee, the trail could have continued. They came back and beat him. I think that's a win that's going to um, carry over a bit. Your thought? Oh, uh, yeah, we'll see. I actually got to see the end of that game. I very rarely ever get to get to watch any baseball recently. That's the only bad thing about working so much. I think the key to them not getting passed by the Tigers is whether or not Alexei Ramirez has the last six weeks of his season like he typically does. Good point. Where he hits like 350 with 10 home runs every yep. single September. Yep. And yesterday he had the go-ahead home run for the for the White Sox. It's uh, it, it, coach. You know the one thing they have is maybe their their bullpen, which is so young. So inexperienced, they don't realize what like, a pennant race that that's going to be in. Maybe that's, that'll help them. you got to try to think of some of the positives, why they won't collapse. If you look at if you look at their team, they match up really well to the Tigers right now. I, besides Justin Verlander and Miguel Cabrera and, and Prince Fielder, I mean, the rest of the White Sox really match up well to the mm-hmm. Tigers. I don't, I'll have to look at their schedule, but I'm not expecting a collapse. Yep. To your point, uh, they yanked a somewhat controversial Robin Ventura uh, uh, exiting stage left, starting pitcher Gavin Floyd after two and a third innings. Gavin Floyd not too happy about it, but the young bullpen, Hector Santiago, a couple other guys, Matt Thornton, the one veteran, got through the eighth inning, and then Addison Reed got through the ninth, and I remind you they were pitching against the New York Yankees. So uh, pretty impressive performance by the bullpen of the young pitchers that you were talking about. Yeah, and isn't it fun to watch Derek Jeter hit? I know if you're a White Sox fan out there, you get angry. I said that I don't care. That watch, I love when the Yankees are at uh, at U.S. Cellular, and I'm going to try to go out on Wednesday to to check out G. Mm-hmm. That is, they are that team watching Derek Jeter swing a bat, folks. Is it's we're blessed to been able to watch that guy play baseball over the last uh, 17 years, yep. and 
I, I, as a baseball fan, I appreciate it. I don't ever miss it. Every time he's up, I just sit down and watch. And yesterday I watched two at-bats. He had a home run, and the other ball that he hit was he hit even harder. A line drive that almost took off the right fielder's glove, who I swear whoever was ever playing right field was at Alex Rios. It looked like it was hit so hard that he moved his hand out of the way. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not what happened, but it looked, that's what uh, the image looked like. Guys, just a, he's a pure pro. Yes. Pure pro. Way he carries himself quietly, or absolutely, you can appreciate uh, greatness if that's when you c- want to call it on opposing players. No question about it. He's the uh, modern day version of Joe DiMaggio. Yep, yep. White Sox come back. Uh, game two today against the Yankees. Cubs lost yesterday, and uh, we talked about too that it's going to be interesting to watch the division races, Big Dome. But I think most of the interest in September is going to be on the wild card races. Not one team making it, but two. Yeah, and there's, uh, the races are going to be good all the way down. And, and then I just, I, I like the fact that the Pirates haven't, haven't bailed out. And we had this conversation about a month ago. And they're, the same teams are out of it that were then, and no extra teams are out of it since then. I guess maybe the Phillies are. I guess we can count the Phillies out now mm-hmm. and the Marlins out. But other than that, like the, like the Rockies, the Padres, the Cubs, the Astros, the Phillies, and the Marlins, and everybody else has a chance to make the playoffs in the yeah. National League. Everyone. American League, the Orioles and Tampa Bay are hanging. The Angels are fading since we last talked. Big The Oakland A's have been on a very sharp incline. They're back in the hunt and uh, in the American League Central. It's pretty much we talked about yesterday, you know, the Tigers and the Whites. What happened to the Cleveland Indians? My goodness, they're below Kansas City now. Oh, Coach Holland, uh, who was the guy that predicted the Indians to fall on their face after their start? I believe, was that Peter Gammons? Uh, you know it was me. So. <laughs> they well, had the worst one differential in the game of baseball, and they were in first place at that time. That has never happened yeah. in the history of the game. That was just a matter of time before they came back to earth. Yeah, I was kind of rooting for them. I'm a big fan of the city of Cleveland. On the bright side, the fact that they've dropped out of the picture, I no longer wake up in the middle of the night. Look over at my wife, and, uh, you know, she looks like either Shin Shoo Shoo or as Drupal Cabrera. I haven't had any of those dreams lately, big dog. If it was a Jason Kittness, you'd have no problem. That's not bad. That's not bad. That could add a little spice into things. I'm a big Jason Kittness fan. Um, what about the uh, Chicago Cubs, big dog? I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but have you had a chance? I meant to ask this yesterday now. Since we've talked last, they brought up a lot of young players, the Brett Jacksons, the Josh Vitters. Sounds like you've been working a bunch, but have you had a chance to watch the young players, including the semi-progression of Tony Rizzo? I have definitely not seen enough Cub games. that uh, This is the least amount I've watched in my entire life. And I, I, I'm, not, I'm staying at a house without a television, so the only time I get to watch them is when I'm at East Bank Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say this: Anthony Rizzo is a legit professional baseball player. I don't know if he's going to hit 320 with 35 home runs every year, but he's going to hit 285 with 25 home runs every year. And yep. I take that, okay? Yeah. Maybe, maybe even better, but at worst, that's what he's going to be. Uh, Brett Jackson has need. Sean Dunstan's biggest problem was he played too fast, and then later on in his career, and I remember he hurt his back real bad, and he had to have surgery. And then after that, like, he slowed his game down and he became an all-star shortstop and all-star player for the Cubs. Do you remember that? And everyone thought, oh, no, his back is out. He'll never be good again. It actually helped him. Brett Jackson is so physically gifted, so fast, so good at everything, and he tries so hard. He needs to be someone. He needs to, like, take a deep breath 
and just relax. That's what that guy needs first and foremost to take mm-hmm. the potato chip out of his butt. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> and then uh, for for the other guys, Josh Bitters, uh, Josh Bitters, they made a mistake. They drafted him five years ago. He's not going to be a good baseball player. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to say, he's uh, he's Doug Kelton. Is what he is. He, he can be a decent major league hitter, but he's not good enough to field anywhere. And when I say decent major league hitter, he's two fifty with like twenty homers. Okay, that's that's what that's what you'll get with Josh Bitters. So anybody expecting a third baseman of the future in Josh Bitters, you there's a reason why they traded for they traded Tyler Coven away for Ian whatever the heck his name is, it, and that didn't work out. So. All right, uh, we got to bow out, big dog, and as we do, i got to leave you with a couple of more Phyllis doors if I could. Please. Robert Redford once asked me out. The problem was I was in his room. <laughs> I have so little money in my bank account that the scenic checks are actually show a ghetto in the background. You know you're old if your walker has an airbag. You know you're old if they've discontinued your blood type. <laughs> all right, Dahl, we got to get out of here. We'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? Later, everybody. All right, have a great day. 10 o'clock tomorrow, we'll do it all over again, folks. Two guys at a mic, talkzone.com. Producer David Olson, thank you for your adequate work today.